Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening, Rush Nation. Oh, if you are listening back to this, good morning, good afternoon, whenever it is that you are tuning in. We are, of course, live. It is the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sports Show. You are joined by... I was going to say ever-present, but that would be a lie. I'm not ever-present. I have been absent in the past. But you're joined by me, Nick, and, of course, the man to my right on my screen is Mr. Mark Ferguson, drinking from a lovely cup there, Mark, full of love hearts. <laughs> Whoa, you you chose the wrong time to drink from that cup then. Wow. Yeah, well, so... Um... Normally, I think my mug choice threw a little bit um, better than this. Obviously, <laughs> but there you go. You know, I know. I know on the pod before the show before us. You know, I know um, Liam and Rich are always drinking something hard or you know very manly and stuff and all that. <laughs> and I've got a nice cup of tea and this nice nice cup of love at. So there yeah, we go. Look at yeah. that. We might have Emma Bridgewater. <laughs> you don't get, uh, get Emma Bridgewater talk on any other DFS show. No, you do not, which, I mean, is there any any more reason that you need to tune into this show <laughs> on a weekly basis other than that? Absolutely not. Week, week four is in the books, Mark. We're moving mm. on to week five, and we're, we're now at the past the quarter stage in the season, aren't we? We're, we're 25% of the way through. 
the season's absolutely flying by like it always does. Happy with your performance over the past week, mm. Mark? I'm not happy with my pod team. My pod team's had a bit of a mare. Um, I've, it's actually my worst team now out of my four. Oh, wow. So it's gone from being my best to my worst. It's The other teams, it's more to do with the scores the other teams got. They had a lot of um, Corridor, Patterson and Hill. And it kind of shows how how easy it is to move up the leaderboard at the moment, I think. You know, yeah. just have a player with a really good week. And I think, you know, you're always, you've always got a chance and stuff. So, yeah, I've yeah. dropped down to 330, 333 um, for the pod team. Uh, yeah. So only scored 113 points this week. So very disappointing. So changes are afoot. I wish that my pod team was that high up in the rankings. My pod <laughs> team dropped off an absolute cliff last week. I'm down in the 700s with the pod team now. My highest team is ranked in the 300s, but my lowest is, well, not it's not my lowest, but the pod team is nestled in the middle of my entries at 700 plus, which is not ideal coming off a wild card. Not the result I wanted. Some really low, below par performances. But I suppose the key really mark for me is one of the things when I look back on how our teams started versus how they are now and the changes we've made and we 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 preached about it from the start but I think one thing you need to remember in this kind of contest is patience is absolute key um, and you can't be too knee-jerky with, with the decisions and transfers that you make because I think NFL fantasy for me, Mark, it's it's different from any other fantasy contest, really, because, yes, the scoring can be variant, but you tend to find that you, you sort of, your top players will always rise. The cream will always rise. Mm. It's usually the same kind of players, season in, season out. The names aren't unfamiliar to us. So despite some poor performances early on, Am I that surprised that in recent weeks we've had some good performances from the likes of, I know the Jags haven't been great, but James Robinson, for example, as since we had him in our team, since we transferred him out, has made a bit of a mockery of his price tag and he's put up some important, some good performances. You know, we've just seen a massive week from Tyreek Hill and it was only this time last week we were saying Tyreek Hill's been a little bit quiet, a little bit disappointing then goes off and has an absolute monster week. So I think it just shows more than anything that in this kind of format, you've all, you've got to be a little bit patient with your lineups. That's not to say don't make any moves, don't make transfers, because transfers can benefit your lineup. But I think if I was to heed my own advice, it would be just let things play out. There's a reason why you've put certain players in your team and one week does not define how they will perform for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think because we've covered this from a DFS background, we're very, very much a you know week-by-week basis. Um, and as much as we've tried to approach this like, um, like an FPL season-long game, I think it's it's quite hard to because you feel you feel like the 18 you've already said at the beginning you know we're already a quarter of the way through the season and you kind of feel a little bit of pressure because of that i think and it makes mm-hmm. you want to keep changing things but like you say the cream of the cream is really sort of rising to the top especially with the wide receivers and stuff i think mm. um 
which has been the big one. I think also, so I think patience isn't, it is good. I think for me, it's becoming apparent now who are the enablers. Um, I think they might, um, I'm, I'm, when, when, when we look at changes for the coming week, I'll probably do a little bit more about that. But um, I think now we've had a quarter of the season, or just under, isn't it? It's now 17 game week season. So yeah. whatever, four over seven, four seventeenths of the season. Um, we, um, I think it's becoming slightly more apparent and it's, and who I'm thinking now is, are the best neighbours are not who I think any of us were thinking about two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, no. that's yeah. quite fair to say. Yeah, and I, I think, think I think the other thing about it was, as I can say, that, um, I don't, although you're talking about patience, I mean, you've used your wild cards, you haven't got much choice really, but to be patient in some respects, especially with the buys coming through it up and stuff from next week, um, as in week six, not, not, not this week, week five. I think that, um, I think once it becomes apparent who these enablers are, I think you need to you need to just make the change and yeah. go through them and stuff. I don't think it's point waiting until week twelve for them to use yeah. them. The thing is, even coming off that wildcard week, which is disappointing, and we will come to the review of our teams, Mark, but I still I don't have any regret about wildcarding when I did because for me, even though I was part of the pack, if you will, and I've since drifted from the pack this week alone has shown me how much of a, an impact one week can have on yeah. your ranking. One good week yeah. or one poor week can see you either go very north or very yeah. south in the leaderboard. And I think that's worth remembering is whatever changes you do make and, you know, the wildcard that I did, the players that were there were there for a reason. And we had three weeks of data up to that stage yeah. to get to that reasoning and would I be surprised if I turned it round this week and had a good week absolutely not because the players that I picked were picked with multiple games in mind and we will come to a question a little bit further on about form and fixtures and things like that but yeah for me I think I just maybe need to be a little bit more patient and like you said know which players to to bring in at the right time, those enablers that will allow you to make the bigger moves that you need to make a week, two weeks further down the line. One thing I did want to point out, Mark, we're week five, so we are fast approaching bye weeks. So yeah. anyone that is new to any kind of NFL fantasy or this season-long contest, um, essentially what a bye week is, and I'll... I'll describe this in FPL terms, um, it's a week off for teams. And it's essentially like if you're playing FPL, if you're coming at this from an FPL background, the closest similarity would be what's referred to as a blank game week for a team. That's essentially what a bye week is. Every team across the NFL will have a bye week. And it's just basically where that team has a week off. Very important period to navigate around because bye weeks last from week six until week 14. So they're not going to impact us this week. But the reason that we mention it is because moving forward, you really need to start factoring these bye weeks into your plans in terms of who's in your team. Have you got multiple players that are potentially going to be on a bye week at the same time, i.e. if you have a stack? Um, And if you can make moves to navigate from one player to another 
are you leaving yourself with enough further down the line to be able to change other parts of your team? I suppose that is the beauty of having the two transfers. But I think between week six and week 14, now more than ever, is absolutely vital that you really manage that transfer allowance correctly if you are in a position where you can't use your wildcard like me, for example. Yeah, completely. I've, I've actually got a really good example of, of what you have to think about with your bye week when we look at my week, my team for next week, or for this week, sorry, for week five. I've got a really good example of that. Um, you're absolutely right. Bye week is crucial now. The other thing to bear in mind is the um, prices are changing as well mm. for week six. And again, that's something to think about because these enablers, I suspect, aren't going to be as cheap as they are right now. And then yes. it won't be the enablers anymore. Now, we don't know because this is the first time this is, we've had this contest. We've got no idea as to how much they're going to change the prices. You know, we know with the sort of the football one, it's 0.1 or 0.2 if something really good has happened. But we have got no idea what the price is going to change like for this. So we'll try and get any As soon as we know anything about this, we'll just post about it on Twitter and stuff to get that sort of information out. Absolutely. It would be good if, if we do know anything about the, the price changes to actually be able to hopefully review that next week. If not next week, then we'll certainly be yeah. doing a summary of it the, the following week in week seven. Again, just with the bye weeks, just to to go over the bye weeks so that people know exactly how they are structured. So we have them starting in week six. We have the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, the New York Jets, San Francisco 49ers. So potentially straight away there in week six, you're going to have people that own a lot of Calvin Ridley, a lot of Alvin Kamara, uh, potentially some that have jumped onto Debo Samuel with his impressive performances in recent weeks. You're going to have to navigate around those. Um, week seven, we've got the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Week seven is a massive week because it's the only week out of all the bye weeks that actually features six teams rested. So that's a big week to navigate around. And there's some really good fantasy teams in there as well. Absolutely. Buffalo, Dallas, Minnesota, the Chargers. Yeah, four of those, which are, you know, top fantasy teams. Yep. Week eight's a little bit kinder to us. So we've got the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. Week nine, we have the Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washingtons football team. Week 10, we have the Chicago Bears, Cincinnati Bengals, New York Giants, Houston Texans. Week 10 is actually looking like the nicest week of bye weeks, I think, there, <laughs> judging by those four teams. Uh, week 11, we have the Denver Broncos and my Los Angeles Rams. Let's not talk about the result on Sunday. Week 12, we have the Arizona Cardinals walked into that one. Yeah. And the Kansas City Chiefs. Week 13, we have... so. Actually, just to point out there, week 11, week 12, there's only four teams across those two weeks on bye week. So that's not a bad period, again, to navigate through. Uh, but then to finish the bye weeks, we have two lots of four. So we have week 13, the Carolina Panthers, the Browns, the Green Bay Packers, the Tennessee Titans. So again, there's potentially massive implications there in that bye week, you know, standout players McCaffrey may be back by then so there's maybe some McCaffrey in there sprinkle some DJ Moore some Nick Chubb maybe even Kareem Hunt 
given the workload that he's having at the moment. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Adams, Jones from the Titans, you know, Derek Henry, if you've got Julio Jones or AJ Brown at that stage, there's a lot of talent there um, in uh, in week 13 that will be basically sat in the stands or sat at home, as it were. Week 14, round off the bye weeks, we've got the Indianapolis Colts, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, and the Philadelphia Eagles. So very, very important to be mindful of those and really consider who's in your team. I would say... I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it, Mark, isn't there? But even if it's just as basic as write down your team, write down who's in your team at the moment, how long maybe you think that player will remain in your team if you've targeted a block of fixtures. Just have a look at who is on a bye week at what point in time. If you've got three or four in your team that are going to be sharing the same bye week, that's maybe a prime opportunity to wildcard if you can see yourself owning maybe 75% of those players up to that point. Likewise, if you go across your team and it's quite an even split, you know that as it stands right now without any changes, you probably won't have that much of a difficulty navigating through price dependent on the players, obviously, when the price changes happen. I'd also recommend, because you can carry forward one transfer, so you can have three in a week, I'd also recommend, especially during this bio this sort of period of bye weeks starting from week six to not do any transfers unless you really need to mm. um i wouldn't i don't see the personally wouldn't see the point in swapping say a defense or something like that to use and use up transfer you're better keeping a transfer available so that even if you've planned really well for your bye weeks injuries are going to come along yeah. so to have that extra and don't forget you'll only be able to have three transfers every two weeks at most because you know you'd have to carry forward each you know, one week, etc. So yeah. yeah, just bear that in mind. I mean, it's um, I kind of see it as I kind of, I, I kind of see it as also this could be make a case for wild carding before all the bye week starts as well. So you get everything lined up as you want to and stuff. But we'll um, yeah, I'll talk about that again in a bit more detail and look at my next week's yeah my week five team. One thing I do want to get off my chest, Mark, is just an apology to Alexander, the fan team guy out there on Twitter, who hit me up in the DMs last week asking about Cordell Patterson. Uh, I'm absolutely ashamed to say that I talked you out of having Cordell Patterson in your lineup because I just did not think this kind of performance week on week was sustainable Mm. for a gadget player who's never really put this kind of performance up week in, week out in the past. But what a weapon he is turning out to be in Atlanta. I I put a tweet out at the weekend that he reminds me a little bit of Percy Harvin in the, not in terms of quality of player, but you can employ him absolutely anywhere. You can give him reps out of the backfield. You can deploy him on sweeps. He can return kicks. He can return punts. He's a wide receiver. He can literally do everything. It's like a Swiss Army wide receiver that they've got there in Atlanta. I apologise, Alexander, the fan team guy, for basically talking you out of Corderell Patterson. You should absolutely never listen to anything I say ever again. Um, Do you know, um, off the top of your head, how many snaps Patterson was on the field for on Sunday against Washington, percentage-wise? I've not looked at the snap count, no. but if this is really low, it'll make me feel a little bit better. It's 30%. That does make me feel a little bit better. So it's not like they're 
basically when he's on the field, he's being used. And I suspect, you know, teams are going to get wiser and wiser to that and work some stuff out. I mean, as he's surprised everybody and he'll be surprising opposing teams as well. Mm. Having said that, I think uh, this might come back to haunt me, but he's not sustaining last week's performance, is he? It's really not. It's, it this can't is exactly a hot take. Um, no. I mean, it's, he's not going to play fun. He's not going to face Washington's defense every week. So, you know, that helped. It, it absolutely cannot happen. I mean, we're, he's, he's currently on 83.4. And if we say we're a quarter of the way through the season, 83.4 times 4, 333 points. Now, I will tell you right now, I would bet money that Cordell Patterson is not finishing this season with 333 <laughs> points. What we have seen so far is absolutely not sustainable. However... One thing I will say, Mark, in his favour is he is only ten million. So, yeah, he's well. He techni- is for a couple of weeks. Well, yeah, for the time being. So technically, for the time being, I guess you could call him an enabler because for me, we've always said an enabler is ten million or less. So I suppose you could group him into that category. He will have weeks where he might put up numbers. He will have weeks where he won't put up as many numbers. So if you're expecting the unexpected 34.6 from Cordrell Patterson every week, it is not going to happen. His last three weeks of, I don't think you can call them anomalies as such because he's done it three weeks in a row. So he's obviously a contributor in that offense, but it's not going to be the same story week in, week out, which is exactly why I sort of tried to talk you out of it, Alexander. My sincerest apologies. You probably would have been right up there had you just gone with your gut and put Cordrell Patterson in. So Patterson was 10% owned this week, and I suspect coming into week five, judging by the way that, say, Henry jumped up from like 22% to 51%, I reckon Patterson could easily be... Maybe he'll jump all the way to 50%, maybe. The yeah. thing to bear in mind, he's got a bye week the week after. So even if, you, if you're putting him in this week, you're going to be taking him out again the week after. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just something to bear in mind. You might want to hold off if you want to if you want to use him as your enabler. Um, there are other options, though, which we'll discuss. But yeah, mm. it's, um, he's, he's been fantastic value so far. And he kind of sticks out if you look at the top performing running backs in terms of price. Because as we said, the cream is sort of rising. Um, and so most of the top, the top running back, well, all positions are the higher price players, mm. and he kind of sticks out there like a sore thumb, doesn't he? At the yes, moment. he so, does. Um, it's funny how the a team's finally found a way to use him after mm. all these years. We see it happen every year. We see mm. a, play, a, a player who just does not look like fantasy value at all, and a te- he moves to a team who finds a way to use him. And has it always been in the Arsenal? Maybe. Does it come down to opportunity? Does it come down to scheming offensively? Maybe. But And he's still... Thir- actually, his 30% snap share was his lowest of the season as well last week. Um, so it's it's such a funny thing because you, you see a lot of content related to DFS, etc., all related around opportunities and snap counts. But um, He's a great example of why that doesn't always have to be important. And there's another one which I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but there's another player who's almost exactly the same. Is it Aaron Jones? It might be Aaron Jones, actually. People always say don't pick Aaron Jones because he's only on the field for like sharing half the snaps with um, 
well, now AJ Dillon and what was um, Jamal Williams previously. But he always gets the best opportunities, and that's why he's always a high-scoring player. Yeah. And I think Coradell Patterson's shown that same sort of um, stuff this year. Yeah, well, we, well, we've seen it, haven't we? Did he's mm. he's had goal line snaps, and you would assume that Mike Davis would be the goal line back there, and he mm. hasn't been in many scenarios. So, yes, again, apologies, Alexander, the fan team guy, and good evening, FF Thinker, um, a regular <laughs> listener of the show. So, thanks for joining us again this week. Um, if you've just listened to the past ten minutes, you're probably best tuning off. To be honest, it seems I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, we by, did... the, by the way, apologies. There's more apologies to go around because I have to apologise to you, don't I? For yes, yes, you do. For the yes, you do. I did look at this, Mark, and I will let you off the hook a little bit because it's not as bad as I thought it was. Because Josh Allen despite his early struggles, did finish the game with 20 points. Um, and it was Mahomes finished with 31.72. However, watching it live, it seemed like Mahomes was going to finish with about 50 points at one point. So it wasn't as big a gulf as I thought in terms of points scored. But yes, you do owe me an apology because I had not many thoughts of Josh Allen in my head until you put him there. Following my wild card, mm. and guess who I went with on my wild card? It was of course, course Josh Allen. Um, was he I left... right to do that? Well, well, we'll see this week. He's playing Kansas City, so we'll see this week. I feel I feel it's a bit unlucky because they blew out Houston, but actually at the beginning they kept getting into the red zone and um, even into the um, yeah even closer, and um, they just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Yeah, and I, I feel like I feel like it was like he was like three three touchdowns short on what he would have got on a normal week. You see what I mean? Yeah, I, which is another twelve points. So like, um, uh, yeah, that was um, a bit unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> I, we were kind of both pretty sure on Josh Allen once we thought it through, though. And stuff. Well, well, the theory was there, the fixtures were there, but mm. they still are. Yeah, they are. Um, and like I said, it, it could turn out that this week against Kansas City, he eclipses Patrick Mahomes. If he does, mm. I'll come on this this show next week, Mark, and say thank you very much for the Josh Allen recommendation. But until then, I'm a little bit bitter about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. I mean, you know, I'll to be honest, with you, if I if we if we had to if I had to apologise every time I give somebody some bad um, NFL advice this year. <laughs> That would literally be the whole stream. <laughs> we would just introduce each other. Me apologise. That would be it. Uh, talking, of we... which, talking of which, oh, apologies, Sean Overy's just jumped in um, onto the uh, onto the comment section. And I think he, he's after some um, explanations about Swift. Oh, yeah. Some, yeah some... <laughs> Which I think was a you thing rather than a me thing. Well, the... yeah, yeah, I guess... Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, 8.9 points isn't great. I, I, there's not much I can say. There is not much I can say. What concerned me with Swift this past week was that, and I don't know if it is down to the fact that Swift is still maybe just carrying a little bit of a knock, but Jamal Williams had more carries, um, and I think it's the first week where that has like blatantly, obviously been the case. It's I'm certainly not moving off Swift this week, but it's definitely 
something to monitor. Um, in terms of the snaps, Swift was actually on the field 73% of his team's snaps um, versus Williams, who was only on for 30. So the opportunity was clearly still there. It's just for whatever reason, Swift wasn't effective whatsoever in that game this past week. But I'm not moving off him because I, th- I feel like I'd be absolutely crazy to do so because Swift over the course of the season thus far... And this includes week three where he had um, a slightly reduced snap percentage, but he still had 65% of his team snaps from the backfield. So I'm not too concerned and I think he's still good value. So yeah, I'm just, that that is all I'm clutching at the moment is that he's going to have a turnaround week this week. He certainly, certainly got the opportunity to do so against Minnesota who... For all intents and purposes, the there's the certainly not anything to shout or write home about when it comes to defending against the run. I just literally sort of in the half hour before we started this show, I just read a quote from um from Lions offensive coordinator, which basically said the usage of Swift and Williams will be based on the um the general game plan, the plan and the defenses that they're facing. So it's not something you can predict. And, uh, you know, as we've just been talking about, Jamal Williams got more more um, opportunities on almost half the amount of snaps mm. and stuff. So, um, so bearing that in mind, unless, unless one of them gets injured, I think it's always going to be like this. But what, what has been happening so far and didn't happen this week, but happened before that was Swift's been really efficient with his usage, with his um, touches and stuff, and his opportunities. And, um, yeah, so I think it's a bit early to write him off. Yeah. Um, it's just something we, like I say, just need to monitor. But the other thing to bear in mind is these, a lot of these quotes that come out from um, coordinators and head coaches are often gibberish. They're not going to tell you what they're doing, what they're really doing and stuff. You know, um, pretty sure he actually said that Swift was going to be a lot more involved in this week four. I'm pretty sure he said that in the week building up to it. And then he was less involved. So, you know, they're not going to tip off the opposition. So Absolutely not. No. One thing before we do move on to the housekeeping of the show, Mark, is Mm. that we have a very exciting, shall we say, contest? Yeah, we'll go with contest. A very exciting contest that we will be running a little competition for. Um, We will give further details of that at the end of the show this evening. But what I would say is, if you are currently watching, stay tuned right through to the end because it is a fantastic competition that we have and it is a very exciting week on fan team for american football this week this week unlike any of the previous fours four that we have had thus far um so yeah stay tuned we've got a great competition that we will be running we'll give you more details on that as we do work through and towards the end of the show before we move on to the team review mark the usual bit of housekeeping for anyone that watches this show or any five-yard rush show for that matter, you will know that support for all of our podcasts is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, the absolute best there is out there in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for those all-important family jewels. Now, they've recently launched the fourth-generation trimmer, a lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe, 
fantastic tool, fantastic features. Go and check it out at manscaped.com. We have a fantastic offer for you. 25, no, 25% off. We're not that generous. 20% off and free worldwide shipping if you enter the code 5YARD at manscaped.com. So get yourself over to manscaped.com. There's some fantastic products on there. This is just one of them, the Lawnmower 4.0. But 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 5YARD. Join over 2 million men worldwide who choose and trust Manscaped for their shaving needs, shall we say. We'll move on then, Mark, to the team review. So I'm happy to start with my wildcard disaster. (laughs) Not many bright points to speak of. Derek Henry had the week we all pretty much expected him to have. Um, The downside is that Derek Henry was 50% owned. Um, and thus it didn't really set me apart from the rest of the field. Other than that, Josh Allen and everything else was pretty disappointing, if I'm honest. Swift, um, despite having plenty of opportunity carries-wise, Tuba Hubbard was pretty ineffective with the work that he did have. Cooper Cup, massively dis on another another week Cooper Cup scores twenty plus points. Mm. Matt Stafford missed yeah. him with some some big throws that usually it, it's laser like accuracy and Cup just tucks them in his pocket. So I'm not taking anything away from that because it wouldn't surprise me if, if we get another fifteen to twenty points out of Cooper Cup this week against Seattle. Um just an off day I'm putting it down to that one. Mike Williams was a little bit concerning um, but when I saw the targets, it's a, bit, it's a bit of an odd game. I think that Chargers and yeah. Raiders game, I've not seen the game myself, but when I looked at, it was basically Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert. But then when I was looking, like Jared Cook, I know had a big game. You know, even Keenan Allen, to be fair, didn't have an amazing game by some of the weeks that he can have his standards. So I'm not too concerned about that Mike Williams thing. Again, I think that's a bit of an outlier week when you compare it to the previous three weeks where he, he'd not scored anything less than 20. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to sit and wait on that and see how things go there moving forward. It, it's an easy pivot if, if I do move off Mike Williams, but he's still fairly low-owned at 15% as it stands. And I can't see that really increasing over this next week, given the performance he's had. So potentially good differential there. Chris Godwin, 8.5. Again, disappointing, but it's a bit of a weird game, that one, I think, for Tampa Bay. Uh, You know, Tom Brady back in in New England. Um, This week, they're against Miami, who I think don't don't pose as, as big an issue for them defensively. I know Miami's defense is supposed to be lauded as this this really good defense, but for me, we've not really seen it this season. And one of the strengths of the defense is the secondary, and it hasn't really performed as you'd expect. So I'm, again, not concerned about Godwin. I still think that he's going to get plenty targets, plenty receptions, plenty yards, and I've no doubt he'll find his way into the end zone as well going forward. There is a reason why I picked these players, and that is what I need to remind myself of. When you look at the games coming up for the you know someone like Chris Godwin, Dolphins, Eagles, Bears, Saints, Washington, Giants, Colts, he's got such a good run of games there. So he's staying in my team, certainly for the time being. TJ Hawkinson, I wish I'd have taken your 
advice on this one, Mark. Um, <laughs> Should have listened to that rather than to Josh Allen. I mean, we've got a, a 25 and a 20 in the first two weeks, and since then we've had a 3 and an 8. It's what he does. Think... It's what he does. He'll be back, though, this week. Maybe that, he'll do well again. That is the thing. I'm clinging to that because, mm. again, he's got Minnesota this week who they've been fantastic offensively, but I don't think they've been particularly great defensively this season thus far. So it wouldn't surprise me if he bounces back with 80 yards and a score this weekend on five or six receptions. I suspect it will be a game that, well, for me, I think Minnesota will win that game. So the, the game script should lend to a productive afternoon for Hawkinson, but we will see again. I've only just wildcarded this team, Mark. So despite a low scoring week and despite a big drop off in my overall rank, I don't want to, I don't want to get too drastic and too desperate with it at this stage because we're only a quarter of the way through the season. And I think the theory as to why these players were picked still stands one week later. Yeah, no, completely. And, um, Last week showed you just need you just need one really good week and you you I think the team I've, which I've got currently 106th I think was in the 400s or something like that and it's not even like I was um I can't remember I wasn't even I was in like the top 100 for the week or something like that so you know you can move up pretty quickly yeah. um, move up. anyway let me just quickly get go do mine um we've got lots to get through still tonight haven't we um <laughs> Like okay, there we go. Um, so um, Henry did well for me again. Josh Allen was okay. Um, you can see why this team dropped down because a little bit like yours, Nick. There's no sort of outstanding performances when you've got um, players scoring like we've already mentioned: Hill, Patterson, Samuel. Um, not having those players, you're you know you're going to end up. Dropping back, Osborne and Rondale Moore both had very. Uh, this weren't neither were involved involved particularly. The whole Minnesota game was a big disappointment for me. In my in my general DFS play, I was I'd hammered that game thinking it was going to shoot out, and then it was one of the lowest scoring of the day, if not the lowest scoring. Um, so that was unfortunate. And like I say, about Cup, um, he could have had two touchdowns, another two touchdowns easily. easily. Um, not really worried about him. Um, Ridley showed us showed a little bit of life um, finally. <laughs> but again, you can't play Washington every week, so you know if you've got Patterson getting three touchdowns and stuff, it's not leaving loads to go around. And um, Darren Waller um, actually did all right. Really, he was one of my better scorers. So um, yeah, so a very average week, but because of the. Um, and it was literally an average week in terms of where it came rankings-wise for this for game week four, um, because there were so many high scores um, from other players. It, the team dropped down. So yeah, about three hundred thirty-three now. I wish that was where I was. Um, mm. I'm certainly a bit lower, but in terms of changes that I will be making to my lineup this week, Mark, given that I am coming mm. off a wild card, there isn't really much in the way of changes. And one of the things that I picked up on that you mentioned earlier in the show mm. was you wouldn't necessarily uh, use a transfer on a defense. There is one reason and one reason only that I am transferring a defense out and in this week. 
And that is because coming off the back of a wild card, I have two transfers to use. I am not going to rip up this team. I've put this template together for a reason. I'm going to trust why I've put that together. But I can only carry one transfer over to next week for when the bye weeks start. So for me, the only part of my team that I'm happy to change this week without being impatient is the defence, which was the Bengals. And it will be the Las Vegas Raiders, I think, this week. The reason for that is the Bengals are hosting the Packers and the Raiders are hosting the Bears. I think the Bears pose less of a problem than the Packers do for the Bengals. Um, I think with the Bears, we've seen struggles from Justin Fields. David Montgomery is now out for the same four to five weeks. And I think actually playing in Las Vegas is a, I think it's a different prospect. They're a lively fan base, the Raiders, Raider Nation. They they really get behind the team, and it's almost like that that sort of uh, that twelfth man in Seattle kind of thing. Um, you know, not maybe to the same effect in Las Vegas, but I'd rather see my defense at home hosting the Bears than hosting the Packers who. Seem to have turned a corner after the the week one disappointment at the Saints. So that is the only move. And as I said, Mark, I'm only using. I would not normally do a transfer on a defense. As you can see, I'm pivoting from one nine million defense to another. I'm only using that move because I can only carry forward one transfer next week. Um, so I will have three transfers next week for the start of the bye weeks to start my planning on what moves I make going forward then. Actually, it's really good you brought this up because actually um, that's a good good point to make. When I was saying, when I was talking about the defences, I did mean at the expense of carrying forward a transfer. So yeah. that's, absolutely, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I get it. That's a really good point. Okay. So not much has changed for me, Mark, but I certainly know it is doing for yourself. It is because... Although I said I would never do this, I'm going to wildcard this week. <laughs> and there's a couple of reasons for it. I think the main one being, well, the main one being when I started doing transfers, I just wasn't happy with anything I could create with two transfers. I just wasn't happy with how things were looking. Um, the other thing is because the prices are going to change, I wanted to get in one particular player. And I'll start with him first. Um, tight end, Dalton Schultz, and 9.5 million. is starting to look like the bargain of the season almost. Um, the Dallas, whilst Prescott is fit, that Dallas team is just fantasy points. That's all it is. It's just, um, it's not always going where you expect it to go. Like CD Lamb had a terrible week this week. Um, and But, you know, um, Schultz has been pretty consistent. Now, before the season started, I thought Blake Jarman was going to be the number one Guy, and he did get a touchdown and did quite well. But actually, you know, on a week when, say, C.D. Lamb doesn't do that well, they're easily able to sustain two tight ends. So, yeah, but 9.5 million, I think, is a great enabler and gets me a piece of that really high-octane Dallas offence. We, we mentioned Schultz last week, Mark, mm. didn't we, as someone that we had our eye on. And yeah. there's two tight ends that I have my eye on at the moment as an enabler. And one is absolutely Dalton Schultz, who has just come off 79% of the offensive snaps this week. 
Um, the other one's Dawson Knox at 81%. There's so many similarities between the two. Mm. Um, in terms of the actual snaps, Dalton Schultz had 203, Dawson Knox 222, uh, which equates to just under 74% of his team snaps offensively for Dawson Knox versus just under 72% for Dalton Schultz. There's 0.5 between them in the pricing. Um at some point, I well, actually, there's a million between them, should I say? Mm. Um, at some point, I can imagine during the navigation of bye weeks, and if TJ Hawkinson doesn't pull his finger out and, and find his form from week one and two, then I will absolutely be using the tight end position as my enabler position because of the variance that we get from that position week to week. I think it's the the sensible option to use that position as an enabler because if that position we've said it before in DFS Merck, haven't we? If that position mm. doesn't perform, you're not too disappointed by it because you're not expecting much from it anyway. Yeah. And um it's actually, you know, when you look at the sort of points he scored perhaps with Kelsey and you look at the price difference, etc. And even Darren Waller, Darren Waller who, who I had in who have taken out after I think I've left him in for like a week. Um, he's not done badly or anything, but the savings are just too. You just I can't turn them down, and it's allowed me to create a really strong. Um, wide oh, the receiving core. core! Wow. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, Cooper Cup has been in since the beginning for me. So that's staying. Um, we've talked a little bit about uh, Mike Williams. I think last. I think yesterday's. Um, his um, low score, low score was really as much as the game script went. They got out to this twenty-one nothing lead and stuff, and I just I'm not particularly worried about him. Um, Tyreek Hill speaks for himself. He's one of those which you know I think most people probably wanted to get in from the beginning of the season, but he was quite prohibitive price-wise. But until we'd identified enablers, but DJ Moore, just want to quickly talk about him. Um, Carolina have been a bit of a revelation anyway from a fantasy points sort of. Aspect Sam Darnold looks like he's found he's found his home. He's nice mm-hmm. and comfortable. You know he's got the most rushing touchdowns on the year. Um, Ranked five in the quarterbacks as well. Yeah, and um, but going into that game against Dallas, the sort of the narrative was that DJ Moore was going to be shut down by Trayvon Diggs because Diggs had shut down the number one corners um, wide receivers the previous three weeks, and everyone was starting saying he was a superstar. Um, cornerback and all that, which may well still be true. But Carolina were inventive enough and DJ Moore was talented enough that that didn't actually make any difference to them. And actually, Robbie Anderson seems to be the one missing out at the moment there, mm. out of the big pass yeah. matches. So it seems like the offense is just going through DJ Moore. And he's a great price. And again, I'm not ex- necessarily expecting him to score as much as he did every week. But I think um, I just want a piece of that Carolina um, offense, which is kind of something I've done a little bit here. I've been, you know, I say with Schultz, I wanted a bit of Dallas. I wanted a bit of um, Carolina. You always want a bit of Kansas City. And also the Chargers have been great as well. So, yeah, and obviously the Rams already had. But, yeah, I think um, I think DJ Moore is um, on the way up. I really do. So he was obvious. Now, the one which is probably going to surprise you a little bit is... Gainwell at 9.5. He might not stay before Thursday. He's in there now. The reason being, 
I could put Patterson in because there's definitely enough money to have Patterson in. But I've two things. One, as I said already, he's got a week. He's got a bye week after this week, so I'd be putting him in, take him out again. Um, the other thing is I've got to catch up with people. I think Patterson's going to become very chalky this week. Mm. So game will actually end had more snaps um, than Patterson. Not that that's, that's that's that important. But what I've seen what I've seen of him as the weeks go on is I just think to the eye he looks like he's just getting better and better. And mm. I just think that I think it's very likely that Philadelphia are going to start using him more and more. He had six catches last week, which is obviously receiver style usage. Um, and he's currently set. He's currently zero percent owned, which I'm guessing means anything under 0.5%. So if I want to catch up, he's a good, possibly a good way of doing so. Um, so he's so him and Schultz are kind of who I'm using at the moment as enablers. There's there's one other option really under that you can afford under 10 million running back wise at the moment, and that would be um, Damian Williams of Chicago because he's going to pretty much get the um, the lion's share of the load for the next four or five weeks whilst Montgomery is injured. Mm. Um, other than that, it's all a bit of a guess, a guess really, isn't it? It's, um, you know, Elijah Mitchell could come back and do well for the 49ers, but we, we just don't know. That backfield so random. Tyson yeah. Williams, he's kind of vanished now, hasn't he? Um and um, yeah, so there you go. That's how I'm going with the moment. Game well. I might change it to Damian Williams before Thursday. Not too yeah. sure. Yeah, the um, the 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 Tyson Williams one is is strange because he was far and away the the best performing back in Baltimore, and for some reason they just decided to not use him this week, uh, mm. which the Baltimore fans are not happy with on social media. I think you, yeah, I, I, I like what I'm seeing from Gamewell. The only concern, I suppose, will be this, the uh, the the snap percentage, the snap count. But as we've discussed throughout this show, Mark, I suppose it's it's what these players are doing with the opportunities that are being presented to them. And Gamewell seems to be one of the backs that is really taking advantage of the time that he's spending on the field. Um, and I mean, I personally rate Miles Sanders. I think he is a he's he's a, he's a good running back. I think I you know I'd, I'd certainly have him in in my top. I'd, I'd I'd probably just about squeeze him into my top fifteen. I would say in in the league. Um, if not, he'd certainly be in my top twenty. Um, which is is nothing to it's certainly nothing to sort of turn your nose up at, but. Yeah, nine point five for game. Well, if he carries on at the rate he is doing, and if he does see an increase in snap percentage, then you know which he, he has done in his most recent week. Thirty nine percent is his highest on the season so far, but thirty nine percent is cert- is not bad at all for a nine point five running back. Um, yeah, I think the point for me on this situation is though I'm not if I was trying to score just the most raw points, Gainwell wouldn't necessarily be the player. Yeah. It's because I'm trying to catch up. Yes. I'm, you know, um, that's what it is. And and because he's like, you know, nothing percent owned. And I don't think particularly he's going to, many people are going to bring him in this week because Patterson's there at the same price. Yeah. But then a lot of people are then going to realise, oh, I've got to take him out again the following week. And like, I, you know. 
I suppose as well because of his price mark, it, it's like a price per million. He's probably performing quite well at the moment because mm. of how cheap he is, but how productive he's he's becoming. Um, and I suppose the actual the actual opportunity share isn't bad on paper when you look at it mm. either. Um, I know that this isn't uh, you know a, a huge direct comparison, but. You look at Kareem Hunt has had 125 offensive snaps this year. Gamewell's had 91. And Gamewell's quite a bit cheaper than Kareem Hunt. So it's not to say that we're going to be getting Kareem Hunt numbers because we're not. But like you said, given that his ownership is next to nothing and given that he does fall under that 10 million enabler bracket, I like it. Absolutely. The other thing is I, I'm, like, I'm liking the Philadelphia offense from a fantasy point of view as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely better than I, I think we thought it was going to be. Um, there's lots of pieces around there, but it's all about the price. Now, if somebody else comes and turns up who's also equally as low owned and looks like they've got some potential at some point for a few, good runner for a few weeks, yeah, um, yeah, I, then I will choose them. I think Damian Williams will be the if people aren't picking Patterson this week, then Damian Williams will probably be the obvious pivot. And yeah. I still might, I still might go that way because I don't think he's going to be that owned. Um, but yeah, we'll. But at the moment, if as things stand out, it will be game well. Yeah, I think Damian Williams is is definitely the other one to yeah. consider at, at, at the price range. Um, you know that the the opportunity has opened up with David Montgomery going down, and you're at least getting it seems four to five weeks of Damian Williams, which. It, that that's not a bad period of time really to to bring someone in. That's it's the kind of reasoning that that led me to Truba Hubbard. Now McCaffrey might be back in another week or two, mm. and certainly not a long term stay or fixture in the team. Um, you know Chicago's bye week comes in week ten, so you're getting five, six, seven, eight, nine out of Damian Williams potentially. You, I, I I would have thought maybe unless Montgomery's injury is something he can shake in the next two to three weeks that they maybe don't risk him until after the bye week. So you're potentially getting up to Chicago's bye week out of Damian Williams before you have to then worry about transferring him out. Mm. So I think you're onto a, you're onto a bit of a winner either way though because I do agree with you. I think he'll be low owned as well. Yeah. The but, only thing about Chicago is Tariq Cohen. I think is eligible to come back week seven if he's fit. Mm. Um, of the pop list. So um, the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, this lineup, which actually leads to what we were talking about earlier with buys, is there's three players in that lineup who have got a week seven buy, which is um, Schultz, Williams, and Allen. Now it's quite easy to to save a transfer and change all them for week seven, but then to, you couldn't bring them all back in in one week because you wouldn't have three transfers for week eight because you've used three in week seven. So just something to bear in mind, it's easy to get them out, but to put the players back in again, if you've had to do a three transfer a week, it's going to take you two weeks or you just plan a little bit easier. So plan around it. So um, that's something I've got to work out. I've got to look at the fixtures, how they look for next week, week six, and how they look for week eight and work out where I'm going to make that change. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen, for example, there, Mark, what, what I was going to yeah. say is, are you planning to approach the transferring of those three players you've just mentioned now that you've oh. used your wildcard, are you planning to approach it on a week-by-week basis? Because I know with Josh Allen, I'd looked at 
his next few games, but maybe overlook the fact that he does have a bye week in week seven. So actually, week seven onwards, Josh Allen probably finds himself out of my team. Well, he obviously would find himself out of my team. I can't afford not to have a quarterback starting one week. With that said, from week seven onwards, um, as I pointed out last week, Kyler Murray has a really nice run of fixtures from that point. So as long as you're forward planning with these kind of things, it's easy to tackle the bye weeks. You've just really got to look at blocks of fixtures. Yeah, and I think for me, the decision on week eight, what I'll do will all come down to ownership. I think I think whoever's lower owned out of Allen and Murray, mm. um, you know. So I think at the moment that will be Murray. I think Allen also will be the lower owned out of those two. Yeah, um, because I mean we and we we spoke. We didn't really expect uh, Murray to do anything this week because against the, um, the much vaunted Rams defense, we weren't expecting to do anything, and he just just had his way. And mm. um, it surprised me. I took him out specifically because I thought he had a hard matchup, and Allen had an easy matchup. Um, now the point difference as actually wasn't that much in the end. Murray, I think, ended up with like twenty-three or twenty-four points on Fanti, so it wasn't too bad. But um, yeah, I think he's maybe he's possibly more matchup proof than we gave him credit last week. Yeah, yeah, seems that way. Seems like he's in for an MVP season. But yeah, really like that, Mark. Not a lot, mm. not a lot there no. that I, I would I would disagree with at all. Um, and the the wide receiver core is is obviously the strength yeah. of the team, which is fantastic. Um, we know that the receivers do score well in this format. We said that from day one. We've got a couple of listener questions, Mark, haven't we, mm. to go through before we finish off with the uh, with, with the the final encore, uh, which is the uh, the competition that we're we're going to be running. <laughs> so the questions that okay. we've had have come through on Twitter, I believe. Yep. So um, from Paul Cartwright at Hosfit, we've got. Best tight end and running back for the season and also wide receiver as mine not scoring much, especially Williams with zero points. I don't know which Williams that is. Um, but um, So yeah, tight end, I think tight end we've already answered. I think value for money-wise, Schultz, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, yeah, I think if you're going for a, a season keeper now, I think, then mm-hmm. obviously bear in mind the, the bye weeks. But I think Schultz or Knox, I think, are both great value at, at that position, mm-hmm. given the price. Yeah. Um, running back, I still think you can't go very wrong with Derek Henry if you've got the money and stuff. He's getting as much usage as he ever was. I mean, Austin Eckler's having a fantastic season as well, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And that yeah. is someone that we mentioned last week as mm. a differential move. If you if you didn't want to go McCaffrey to Henry, which was the obvious move, mm. um, that the Austin Eckler was, was the other move that we would have considered. So um, I think I'm with you, Mark. If, you, if you're keeping someone from, for a season, Derek Henry, that offense is built around him. Um, and they've got issues at the moment with the receivers. Not many of them are fit and healthy. So start up Derek Henry every week. Um, he's got another fantastic opportunity this week to put points on the board against the Jags. So I would go with Henry as well. Um, I don't even think once McCaffrey is fit and healthy and back, I don't even think I'll go there, to be honest. Um, I think he can be covered elsewhere, McCaffrey. So. Henry, or I think Zeke Elliott, I think, is quietly having quite a good season. Mm. And I think he benefits from having Dak Prescott back. Yeah. And that's someone I'll be looking at in the weeks ahead. Yeah. And Saquon Barkley is coming back and looking like his old self as well. So he's another one yeah. to bear, bear in mind. They're both expensive. But so, yeah, Zeke has some fantastic stats in terms of when um, Prescott's there in the last year. 
yeah. um, to being RB in the in you know RB one, RB six, and stuff, and all that. It's got some fantastic stats. And wide receiver, it's hard to just pick one wide receiver that you would say is the best for the rest of the season. It really, is hard. Yeah, I think I think I am still on the Cooper Cup train on that one. I think if you haven't got Cup in your lineup, I still think he presents the best value over the course of the season priced at 16 one who is emerging week on week and he's certainly not the forgotten man but I think we don't talk about him as much because we are used to poor quarterback playing Washington but Terry McLaurin looks like he is quarterback proof at the moment 4% owned as well 4% owned 17 million the divisional games he plays against the Cowboys the Eagles and the Giants, I think, are quite friendly defences. Mm. Um, so in terms of the points that can be put up, we've seen it. So I think that's someone who I would also be considering if I was keeping someone over the course of a season. But I don't think I'd I don't think I'd spend the extra million on McLaurin mm. if I didn't have Cup. If I had Cup, I'd be looking at sixteen million keeping for the right. season. I think also um Heineke's done fantastic. He's on the Lead, you know, the front page. He's only played three games, mm. and um, he's only eight and a half million. So, if you're going to get him in, you want to get him in before the price changes. My actually, my top team is a high Nicky team. Um, he's been fantastic so far. Which you know, we said keep an eye, see what how he looks. But he scored, you know, over twenty points in the last three weeks, which yeah. eight point five million probably makes. Does that make him the best value of any player? Possibly. I, th- I think it probably does. I think I it think. does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. We probably don't talk about him enough, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's, um, <laughs> um, yeah, he's, um, and he's also perfected the old pylon dive as well. So, um, he's, um, I mean, he's, he's, he's less, he's, he's 0.3 points away from Justin Herbert kinds of, of output and he costs 10 million less. He's, he's absolutely, it's absolutely, yeah, yes, he he's absolutely yeah. the bargain of the season thus far. It's just how long you can feel confident with Tyler Heineke at quarterback yeah. for 8.5 um, million. Sorry, I'm just going to see what his ownership was. Um, must be low, 10%. Must be, 10%. Ah, still quite low. Still yeah, I, quite think, low. I still think that's low when you consider it allows you to pretty much pay up everywhere else. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, McLaurin's actually a great shout because he's. He's actually working his way up, isn't he? Mm. You're looking for somebody to sort of start overtaking and catching up with people. McLaurin at four percent is a great option. Um, but again, Washington don't always get to play Atlanta every week, so true. Uh, we got playing the Saints this week. We want exactly um, a tough defense. Anyway, so hopefully that answers Paul's questions. Um, who else we got? Fantasy Menace at Menace Fantasy says. Which of fixtures or form do you consider the most important in this type of season-long NFL PPR contest? See, for me, Mark, it, it is definitely a combination of both because I have approached this game very similar to how I would approach any season game. We are, I always draw comparisons to FPL. And in FPL, I think if you're bringing a player in, it's vitally important that you are looking at fixtures so that you can capitalise on like a run of games but I think because the season is shorter in the NFL than it is in in the Premier League much shorter for that matter I don't think fixtures are quite as important 
especially when you're looking at the top players, because what you tend to find in NFL fantasy is, um, you know, Derek Henry, for example, you won't find Derek Henry in the top three last season and then fall out of the top 10 this season. He'll, he'll still be there or thereabouts. So the cream always tends to rise, which is where the form comes into it. Even where you have your off weeks, Cooper Cup this week, for example, you're still going to have lots of peak weeks with Cooper Cup and lots of consistency. So though I think fixtures is important, if you're looking to bring in a player, we'll use David Montgomery as an example, actually, Mark, because he had a really strong finish to last season. The season before, Mm. Tyler Tyler Higby had a really strong Mm. finish, if you remember. He was one of the top scoring tight ends to finish the season. So you can target certain spells of games where a player will come up against teams that just aren't, they're just not very good at defending that kind of position. And the sites out there that will tell you that, um, you know, if you actually just play fantasy football, most of your fantasy apps will tell you the strength of schedule based on uh, a running back, you know, the running, the rush defenses that they're coming up against, or, um, you know, a, a quarterback. Are they coming up against a, a, a stern pass defense or are they coming up against a defense that gives up a lot of points? So there are sites out there. There's a lot of different fantasy formats that will tell you about strength of schedule. Some more comprehensive than others. Some will give you numbers. Some will just do a bit of a traffic light system, green, red, amber, depending on strength of schedule and difficulty. But I think... A short answer to that question, I feel like I've rambled a little bit there, but the short answer to that question, in my opinion, is they're both important, but because it is a short season, I think you can get away with backing a player's form and how you think they will perform versus the fixtures. Um, I think you can have you know, Cooper Cups against Seattle this week. Seattle are a good team. But you're not going to be surprised if Cooper Cup catches six out of eight targets, puts up 94 yards and scores a touchdown. So I think you've just got to bear that in mind if you are going to target a run of games. Um, don't look too far ahead in, in a season-long contest that is 17 weeks like this one. I think the top players, you're going to pick them no matter what. I don't think they're matchup proof, the top, top players. You're not, I mean, anybody who, I mean, hats off if you can pick the weeks when Tyreek Hill's going to get his 50 points and you can then pick the weeks where he's getting his eight or nine points and stuff. Hats mm. off to you. Um, over the season, that sort of should level out. I think if you're, when you're looking at cheaper players and you're looking at sort of um, temporary transfers and stuff in, then I think form is far more important than fixtures. Um, as a, as I just, you know, the example I gave about DJ Moore and stuff, if you looked at the fixture and everything, you wouldn't play DJ Moore this week because he was going to be allegedly be shadowed by Diggs and he was going to be, you know, taken out the game. Um, the problem is, and this, if you're not in the, you know, in the, the room with the offensive coordinator when they create the game plan and you're not in the room with the defensive coordinator when they create their game plan, you don't really know what's going to happen. And yeah. so um, I think form is most important there and more important there. Um the fixtures thing, I think, is good for a tiebreaker. We had a little bit of it we're talking last week about Allen and Kyler Murray. Happened to kind of get it slightly wrong, but like um, it was still a tiebreaker for us. So Yeah, 
I think one important thing to mention, Mark, with the fixtures is if you are looking at fixtures, don't look at a fixture and think that team is playing the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are the only unbeaten team in the league, so that is a really difficult fixture. And I can't really pick or play anyone that's playing against that defence. Don't approach it like that. Actually look into a team's defence and look into where points are scored on that defence. So how are they against quarterbacks? How many points do they give up against wide receivers? How many points do they give up against running backs? Tight ends. We've seen teams in previous seasons that have given up 13, 14, 15 touchdowns to tight ends. And it's a position we don't particularly like talking about or owning. But there's ways that you can target a defence and the reason I'm I'm saying that is, you know, lights of Arizona looked a really good defense this past week against the Rams, but then you look at the rushing stats and the Rams almost beat themselves to a point because they stopped running the ball, but were running it really efficiently. So don't look at if you're looking at fixtures, don't look at Arizona and think, Oh my god, the the number one power ranked team in the NFL. Look at them and think, Well, I'm picking a running back here and there's a chance that that running back is going to score well. One thing I would say on the flip side of that coin is just consider the game script as well, whether you think that that team's going to be in that game. And if you're then picking a running back who has a tough game, is he going to be used less because the team he's on is then chasing the score? Yeah, I mean, and the other side of this is I don't really think, during, especially during the bye week period, that you're going to, have to be pretty lucky if you can, if you can pick and choose mm. players without and not being affected by injuries. Mm. which on top of your bye weeks may mean you run out of transfers. So um, I think I think form is everything towards the end of the season. When you mentioned the David Montgomery example last year, I think it's going to be everything towards the end of the season, the form side of it. And obviously injuries play a big part in that. So yeah, yeah. for me, for me, the fixtures aren't that important. They're only in a tiebreaker situation. Yeah. Thanks very much for the questions, guys. Keep them coming in. Obviously, we'll answer those every week. Moving on then to the encore of the pod. So before we do, I just want to give a shout out to Dream Sport, Mark. I know you've had a nice, successful weekend on Dream Sport, haven't you? For anyone that is playing the weekly contests. So fan team run the weekly monster. Um, Well, I call it the weekly monster. That's the... EPL version. Uh, they run the Red Zone slate at 6pm and then they run the yeah. Sunday Fumble which is the 9pm slot of games. Um, in between then you get the Thursday night showdown, you got the Monday night showdown and the late game on Sunday this past week as well uh, which was the Bucks and the Patriots. So if you uh, playing those on fan team. Um, you go and play them on Dream Sport as well because there's some fantastic prizes still to be won. I think you won a, a ticket for the yeah. Red Zone contest, didn't you, Mark? This week? No, for this for the week. No, because this week is the new weekly is the new monster NFL monster contest, which is all oh, the Sunday yeah, games. Monster. Yeah, and so I've won a ticket for that. Yeah. On Dream and, Sport. And Dream Sport's free to enter and free to play. Well, there you got you won that mm. free of charge. Yep. So go and sign yourself up to Dream Sport. All the contests to enter on there are free. The currency that you acquire on there, you acquire it daily. It is free currency. You just need to log on and claim it. Um, but what you can actually win, it could equate to monetary prizes or certainly entrance into 
contests, which brings us nicely onto the competition, Mark. So anyone who doesn't know or hasn't heard, Fan Team are running a Week 5 Monster, which is a little bit different to what they've run in previous weeks. So in previous weeks, we have had the... We've had the red zone slate. We've had the Sunday fumble. The monster mark, I'm assuming, mm. is going to be every single game on that Sunday. Yeah, including the night game. Including the night game. So, yeah. so keep some players back for that. The, the, the difference here then is that you're going to be targeting more games, mm. picking your lineups and getting your stacks right is going to be more important than it probably has been on previous weeks because the variance over the the course of Sunday from six o'clock to the late games is going to be massive. So there's going to be a lot of lineup differentiation, um, but bringing it back to the competition, why you're tuned in, um, we are giving away two free tickets and that is one ticket per person. So you can't win both tickets, unfortunately. But we will be running a random draw contest. How we have how we'll do the draw, we've not yet established. It depends on entrance. But we will run a contest whereby two random listeners will acquire a free ticket for the Sunday Red Zone Monster. And it will be the mid entry price. So you'll get a ticket for the the 20,000 contest. The 20,000 euro prize pool, which is a fantastic prize for um, an NFL contest. It is. And it's the the biggest by far that we've had thus far Mm. into the season. Um, And these contests are are filling almost every week now. It is becoming more and more popular. So two free tickets to be in with a chance of winning one of those tickets. Myself and Mark are asking you to DM us on Twitter. So you've got at Nick of Wigan or where can the listeners find yourself, Mark? At underscore SMRF. So we are asking you to DM us on Twitter with your answer to this question. So the question is, myself and Mark, since we've been doing this season-long contest, we have both owned the same tight end, at one point in time, who is that tight end? So since the start of the season-long contest, myself and Mark, at some point in time, have owned the same tight end. Who is that tight end? If you can DM us with the name of that tight end, you will win one free entrant into the random prize draw and we will select two winners from that random prize draw the competition will close at midnight on friday so you have until then to either watch this show back or to listen to our pod and get your dm over to us if it comes in after midnight on friday i'm really sorry but you will not be in that draw we will do the draw on saturday and we will let the winners know who they are so that you have plenty of time to plan and get your team in before the start of the contest at six o'clock on Sunday. But fantastic competition, Mark. Oh, Thrilled that we're able to give these two tickets away. We'll yeah. certainly be entering it ourselves. <laughs> We've, um, we're asking for DMs so that um, it's listeners of the show who actually enter this. 
rather than asking you to reply on Twitter or something. So yeah. only, you know, only if you've listened to this show or you've listened earlier. Um, I'm not giving away too much to say that, you know, we have already mentioned the answer to yeah. the quiz today. Um, so, um, yeah, so if so, we're hoping, um, so hoping you'll be regular listeners who, yeah. like, who, who enter the competition. So. We've tried to be we try to be quite subtle with it as well, Mark, haven't we? That we've not given too much away on socials because we want mm. regular listeners to the show to have every chance of winning Indeed. this fantastic prize. Yeah. Um we, we don't want, you know, every sort of Joe blogs off the street entering. We want our regular listeners, our regular contributors to have a chance of winning yeah. this ticket. So DM us once again that question for a free entrant into the random prize draw draw will commence on saturday you will have until midnight on friday going into saturday to then get the answer into us but the question is me and mark have owned the same tight end during this season long contest at some point in time who is that tight end that we have both owned dm us your answer and we will announce the winners mm. on Saturday with the live draw. We'll either put a video up um, or a, a screenshot of the person that has actually won the draw. And you can DM either of us. It doesn't have to be both of us. It doesn't matter. Just DM either of one of us. doesn't matter. And yep. um, in earlier weeks, we've talked about this player quite extensively. Oh, he has <laughs> been discussed. Absolutely. And I'm sure he'll be discussed again in the future as well. But he has <laughs> definitely been mentioned. So if you've listened uh, to previous shows, you've absolutely got a one-up. You won't need to go back and listen. You will definitely <laughs> know who this player is. That rounds us off, Mark. Mm. So week five is almost upon us. Make sure you lock your lineup in before Thursday, as that is the deadline. Mm-hmm. Any parting comments for the listeners, Mark? Um, no, I mean I think we've we've covered it. We've covered a lot there tonight. I think with the changes, just think about what you're doing with the changes of price coming up next week. And um, if you're inclined to use a wild card, I would say go for it. Yeah. But you know, if you don't need to, then you know, keep it till after the rule of bye weeks. Definitely. We will sign off with another line from Pitsy. I really like this one. He actually sent me one that I had to sort of. I couldn't include it because, yeah, we maybe maybe we'll include that on a later week, but certainly not this week. Maybe you can send it to me on a week you can't make or something. Yeah, because of, because of like baby definitely, stuff. Definitely one I want you to cover off. But <laughs> this is actually my favourite so far from Pitsy. Um, so, if you need anything at all, give us a shout. We are on Twitter at Nick of Wigan at SMRF. So give us a shout. But for now, I'm Nick. This is Mark. We are out. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.